Uh, for those of you who don't know, Pastor Terry gets the opportunity to, uh, to be a pastor to other pastors through a ministry called Poyman Ministries. And uh, just a great opportunity. And really what he's called to do is just to pour into other pastors that are, that are struggling with things. Um, just like he gets to pour into us like five days a week. So um, he's down at the Calvary uh, Costa Mesa Pastors Conference, getting ready to talk to a bunch of different pastors down there. So uh, be praying for him as, as he gets ready to, uh, to just try to pour into other pastors that are just feeling burnt out or uh, stressed out or, or having problems. The sermon today, I've titled Knowing and Growing. And uh, I hope we're always knowing and growing, but today we're going to really focus on, on what that looks like. It's really hot today, too. So it just is the same people last week who were here this week complaining about like how it's the second 90 degree day that we're going, I'm really ready for like summer to be here. And now the same people are like, I'm really ready for fall and pumpkin spice lattes, and I'm over this heat. So welcome to Oregon. Let's, but we'll move on. So we're going to be in 2 Peter this morning, uh, chapter 1. If you want to turn your Bibles there, we'll be in verse 1. And uh, Terry's actually reference Second Peter quite a bit in our in our book by book study through Luke. And so I thought it'd be a good place just to just to go through. And uh, there's a uh, something I don't get to do very often is be up here. And uh, something on my pastor bucket list is to teach a full book of the Bible up here. So I get an opportunity in a couple weeks to come up here. So we're going to start in chapter one and, and hopefully in a couple weeks, I'll get a chance to finish out second Peter with you guys up here. So, um, but today we're just going to stay in chapter one and, um, really the theme of second Peter is just how important it is for us as a church and as Christ followers to know the importance of, of, uh, of just knowing and having that relationship with Jesus and, and growing in the word of God. And our scripture today is going to help us understand that our faith in Jesus is what helps grow us spiritually. And when we grow spiritually, there's results that we see from that. And the knowledge and truth of the, the word of God is, is how we're going to grow. A little bit of backstory about Second Peter. It's uh, obviously written by the Apostle Peter. Um, people say this is kind of his last letter to the church before he died. And so this is kind of Peter's final send-off to the church. He, he did First Peter right before the, for this, and, and really First Peter was geared to the church, talking about kind of the, the outward struggles that the church is going to face and and Peter kind of really focuses in Second Peter on the kind of the inward struggles that the church is going to face, and we're going to get m- more into that in the second and third chapters later uh, next month or whenever I'm up here again. <clears throat> but Peter opens this up uh, by just kind of establishing and setting up 
just what our relationship with Christ should look like, what our spiritual growth should look like as Christians, and, and, and why that's important. So we're going to be right in verse 1. It says, Simon Peter, a bondservant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have obtained like precious faith with us by the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. As his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness, through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. We're going to stop there. <clears throat> and the first point I'm going to, uh, if you're a note taker and taking notes, the first point I really want to make here is faith brings us spiritual growth. <clears throat> and we see here in that scripture that Simon Peter just opens up by saying, uh, we've had obtained like precious faith, faith, with us by the righteousness of our God and Lord Savior, Jesus Christ. <clears throat> and the, the point he's trying to make here, spiritual growth begins by having that relationship with God. It's that foundation. Uh, it's going to be really hard to, to grow spiritually if we don't have that foundation of just knowing uh, the truth that is Jesus and what he came to do for us. That God came down to earth in the form of a man and suffered a brutal death for the weight of our sins and then rose again for us. And you might be saying that's, yeah, that's a pretty simple message this morning. Sometimes it needs to be repeated and, and we need to know that, that that's what matters. And, and we're gonna see later on in the passage that, that Peter really does want you to examine that and make sure you know that from the bottom of your heart. <clears throat> Once we become a born-again Christian, once, we, once we've given our, our life to Jesus and, and begin that, I think a lot of people think that our life's just going to automatically get better and we can just sit back and wait for God to, to do the work for us. And, and, and unfortunately, that's not how it goes a lot of the time. <clears throat> we don't get to just sit back and say, all right, God, take the wheel. It's, a, it's something that we have to work at. And, and God, it says that through our faith and knowledge of God, we get to experience God's power that brings us life and godliness. And those things should help us strive to live those godly lives, be repent, repentant of sin, and full of grace and the truth of Jesus, that he was full grace and full truth and resist the temptations and corruptions of the fallen world that we live in. God's given us everything we need to be able to, to, to grow our spiritual relationship with him and to grow spiritually in the spirit. But it's us to us. It's, it's up to us to make that happen. He's not going to do that for us. He, he's saying, these are the things you need to do, and I'm here for you. But 
you've got to be in the word for yourself. You've got to be growing. You've got to be praying. Uh, it's your job to stay disciplined in the word. And, and I think there's a lot of people out there that just, they're not putting in the effort. And, uh, and then, and then they get salty when they, when they don't get what they want from God. And it's like, well, you know, we gotta, gotta work a little bit for it. You know, let's keep growing. Philippians 2, 12 uh, and 13 say, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you both, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. <clears throat> So that's the start of Peter's message here is just make sure you've built that foundation of Jesus uh, because until we do that, we can't, we can't begin to grow. <clears throat> Verse five goes on to say, but also for this very reason, given all diligence and to your faith virtue and to virtue knowledge, to knowledge self-control, to self-control perseverance, to perseverance godliness, to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, love. <clears throat> and what the Bible's saying here is we begin to, uh, we begin to inherit some of the godly characteristics of Jesus when we begin to follow him. We begin to, uh, and we grow our faith in Jesus. The Bible says that men, You'll start acting like him. It's like when your dog, you start looking like your dog when you have a dog. It's not like that at all, but it's funny. So um, these are the characteristics of a godly life that come from growing spiritually. And if we put in the work to grow our relationship with Christ and just keep building that foundation of faith, uh, we start to inherit his characteristics. They're pretty good. I, man, virtue, knowledge, self-control, perseverance, godliness, brotherly kindness, and love. Could you imagine if, uh, not, not even everybody in the world, but just Christians in general, just were just on board with Jesus and, and, and just accepted these godly characteristics and, and inherited them for what they were? there'd be a lot less fighting. There's a lot less fighting and a lot less hate going on between uh, Christian brothers and sisters. There's a lot of that going on right now too. Um, <clears throat> what, I, what really stood out to me about this, uh, this list of godly characteristics uh, was not so much the characteristics themselves, but I really wanted to take a look at who's writing this list. And Peter's always been one of my favorite people in the Bible. I think he's such a relatable person to so many of us who can just relate to, um, Peter's talked about so much in the Bible. We see so many stories of uh, just things he did, uh, a lot of mistakes that he made. Um, and, it, you know, it's no coincidence, nothing in the Bible's coincidence that, that God chose Peter to write this. I used to imagine Peter writing this list down and going, yeah, I used to not do that one very well. Knowledge, self-control. I was pretty like trigger happy a few times and yeah, I slept through prayer. And, and if I had time, I'd go 
through and find all the stories and probably find each one where Peter just dropped the ball on, on having one of these godly characteristics. They're all through the gospel. You can find these stories. And I just think it's really cool that, that we can really use Peter as just this example of, of a guy who uh, he didn't have it all together when, when God called him. He was actually pretty shocked that God was even calling him. I can relate to that as a guy who was just, man, one day trying to get more involved in my church. And I went, I went to the church leadership. I was, I was a corrections officer in a prison. I was just getting plugged in in church. Finally felt like I was growing spiritually for the, for the first time in my young life. And, and just asked the church leaders, hey, how, how, can, I, how can I help? And I just gave him my number and said, let me know. I'll, you know. I'm just, I'm feeling like I need to just serve this church in some way and, and just let me know if I can ever do anything. And, and two weeks later, I get a call telling me to come to an elder meeting and think I'm in trouble. And I'm like, what did I do? And the elders just asked me, it's like, we need you, or we, we feel like you should be leading kids ministry for us. And I was like, are you, are you talking to me? And man, I, I prayed about that and, and God said, yes. God said, yes, that's, that's for you. And just as Peter felt like he was unqualified to do things at times and, and, and really had that same kind of attitude at times, like, God, why are you choosing me for this? There's so many better people qualified. And we just really can go back to these verses where, where God, God chooses you. You don't you don't choose God in a lot of cases. God chooses you for, for ministry. He calls you. <clears throat> and so we just see Peter just open to serving God in, in any capacity. Even if he's blowing it in a lot of cases and he's making mistakes. We see here that Peter went on to do great things in his ministry, including men writing parts of the Bible. Uh, we see in Acts him have a few really awesome moments where he's just bold in his faith and standing up to the Pharisees and and just really made a difference in the kingdom of God. And so Peter's just a, a big role model for spiritual growth because the Bible says for that to happen, Peter had to be on top of his game. Peter wasn't somebody who was just looking down on himself going, I screwed up again and man, I'm not sure I'm ever going to get this right. Peter was like, I'm going to be better. And I know how to be better. I've got the steps. God's given me the steps. God's given me the scriptures. God's given me him to help me improve. God's given me all the things. And, and Peter used that stuff. And, uh, and man, we see him grow spiritually into to just such an awesome leader. <clears throat> Pretty inspiring. Number two, if you're a note taker, spiritual growth brings practical results. And as if awesome godly characteristics that we get of just <laughs> inheriting some, some, uh, some characteristics of what Jesus is like. I, I mean, I was pretty sold on point number one of just like, uh, you know, sign me up. I'll be more like Jesus. Um, we go on in our scriptures to see there's even more that, that we receive for just building our spiritual growth up. <clears throat> and Peter kind of lists three, 
three reasons why we should be growing in this, uh, in this next part of our scripture. And the first one's right in our next verse, verse eight. It says, if these things are yours and abound, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. <clears throat> you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. And he's kind of using like a negative, but if you flip that around, he's saying, if you do these things, you will be fruitful. I love, love, love that word fruitful. It's like one of my favorite words. Bear fruit is one of like, it's, it's honestly like my motto in life. <laughs> um, I've got the words bear fruit all over everything. I've got it, uh, got it on this laptop, my water bottle. I've got it on my license plates on my car. I, is there a picture? I've got a license plate that says Smokey the Bear and it says fruit. I thought it was really clever. <laughs> I found that a lot of people don't understand it but I'm gonna keep trying. I've also found that because my wife was a baker for a long time, there it is right there, bear fruit. Um, my wife was, we owned a bakery for a long time and her custom license plate is cake. And so I've had to be really careful parking in the driveway and really strategic <laughs> because my neighbors now just think that our license plates like spell out fruit cake. <laughs> And I, that's, that's not why I have that license plate. So um, Rise even had to stop me a few times from getting like bare fruit tattooed on myself, which I'm still planning on one of these days. But, um, <clears throat> but the Bible talks about bearing fruit a lot. We see that a lot come up in scripture. Um, John 15, 16 is just a verse that's really stuck with me for a long time. I already referenced it a little bit, but it's, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain, that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give to you. Matthew 7, 17 is just another great example of, of just Jesus calling us to bear fruit. And it says, so every healthy tree bears good fruit and the deceased Trees bear bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus you will recognize them by their fruits. And then just one other. Again, there's, there's several references to bearing fruit in the Bible. Um, but I just... I found Galatians 5, 22 to 23, that's literally just listing some of our godly characteristics that I just talked about and, and, and calling them the fruit of the spirit. <clears throat> it says, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things, there is no law. So we literally just see in Galatians that these things are the fruits of the spirit. And they bring spiritual growth. <clears throat> the reason I have such an obsession with this, uh, <laughs> this bare fruit 
is um, not because I enjoy a good Bible pun. I do. But um, it's more than that. When I see that, it's, it, it motivates me to not be a spiritual couch potato. When I wake up in the morning, I'm reminded that as a follower of Jesus Christ, we're called to win people for Jesus. That's our calling. That's my calling. And I'm not going to be able to do that by just going through the motions of, of just living a lukewarm life or just putting worldly things over godly things. <clears throat> the words bear fruit to me means, uh, and, and the reason I have it everywhere is because every time I see it, it gives me motivation that to be in a to be effective at winning souls for the kingdom of God, we need to be growing spiritually. We need to be learning every day, being in the word of God. We need to be prayed up every day. And we need to be leaning on Jesus and bringing our problems to Jesus and not the world and not comparing ourselves to things in this world. Um, that's just always stuck with me. Just that the idea of bearing good fruit. And as Christians, we all need to be bearing good fruit. I want to encourage you today. If you're someone that's examining the fruit on, on, on your tree, if you find it looking a little bit unhealthy, if it tastes sour or if there's not fruit there, it might be time to make some adjustments in your spiritual life. It might be time to, to get man deeper into the Bible might be time to start praying more often. Might be time to make changes. I'm not sure what those changes are, are for you in your personal life, but be praying because we're called to bear fruit and, and, and that's a sign. Good fruit is a sign that we're growing spiritually. The second reason Peter lists uh, to why we should be growing spiritually is uh, that, that we'll have clear vision. In the next verse, it just says, for he who lacks these things is short-sighted even to blindness and has forgotten that he was cleansed of his old sins. <clears throat> That's a little bit of a tough pill to swallow. I think especially, um, I think especially this week, a pretty tough pill to swallow the brutal reality of this verse is that there are Christian brothers and sisters out there that are having a hard time seeing what God wants us to see. And this could be at multiple areas. But if we don't, if we're not growing spiritually, the Bible says we're, we're going to have a hard time seeing, even maybe be blind to some things. And that, that's, a, that's a tough one. That's a tough one for somebody. That's a tough one to look at your brother and sister and say, hey, I, I'm not sure you have this right. I'm not, sure that, I'm not sure that this is good because they may not be seeing it clearly. And it leads to a lot of, leads to a lot of uh, arguments. People want to get defensive. Us as Christians, 
when we're trying to help somebody, it may, it may come off as, as a little harsh. Make sure we're praying for these brothers and sisters. That's the best thing we can do to, to combat this is pray for them that, that God opens their eyes, that, that they start seeing clearly, that they start growing spiritually. It might be that you're just blind to the blessing that God's giving you. <clears throat> it might be that you're hyper-focused on something that's completely irrelevant to God and that you're missing the bigger picture of what God wants for you. It might be that your vision is so distorted that, that you're not seeing the, the full grace and full truth of Jesus for, for what it's worth. <clears throat> but the Bible says we need to focus on Jesus to grow spiritually. And once we turn our focus to Jesus and start growing, our vision begins to expand. We start seeing clearly, clearly, and we can see what the Lord wants for us. The third reason we should be growing spiritually is uh, that we'll have assurance. Verses 10 and 11 say, Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. For so an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. <clears throat> and this is Peter just simply saying, if you're living that godly life that God wants you to have, if you're being filled with the Holy Spirit and growing in the Holy Spirit and the word of God, and the spirit is built on a foundation and backed by the faith of Jesus, that you know that Jesus is who he says he is. He's real. He came here. He died for your sins on a cross and he rose again. Peter's simply saying that like, because of this, you have assurance that, that you'll enter the kingdom of heaven. But I think it's worth noting that he says, be even more diligent to make your calling and election sure. And this is back where I mentioned at the beginning. He, he goes out of his way to say, make sure this is something in your heart that you know. For, for certain that, that you know this, that you're not just going through the motions. You're not saying what somebody else in the, you're, you're not trying to impress somebody else. You know this for yourself is the truth. The, the truth is that that's, that's, that's what's important here, is that you know and have that relationship with, with Jesus. And so I, I love that Peter throws that in and just says, like, you know, he's talking to the church and these people should know. These people should have that relationship with God. But he's saying, you better make sure. You better make sure you have that relationship with God because it's important. So I like that I like that that gets thrown in there. Point number three on just how we're knowing and growing in God's word and, and growing spiritually is uh, that we need to trust God's word. Uh, verse 12. For this reason, I will not be negligent to remind you always of these things. Though you know and are established in the, present, in the present truth, yes, I think it is right 
as long as I am in this tent to stir you up by reminding you and knowing that shortly I must put off my tent just as the Lord Jesus showed me. Moreover, I will be careful to ensure that you always have a reminder of these things after my decease. For we do not follow cunningly devised fables when we made known to you the power and coming of Lord of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For he received, for he received from God the Father honor and glory when such a voice came down from, from the excellent glory. This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. And we heard this voice, which came from heaven, when we were with him on that holy mountain. And if you're not sure what Peter's referring to here, uh, Terry talked about it probably six weeks ago or so, back in Luke 9. Uh, he's talking about that moment up on the Mount of Transfiguration where Peter is an eyewitness to some of Jesus' glory and power. I think that's what Terry even named his sermon, Glory and Power. <clears throat> and he's just trying to make the point here that that what he's saying is real, what he's saying is relevant, and it matters. And Jesus is real. And he knows that because he was there. He witnessed it. And, and not only did he witness that, but he witnessed, he was there for a ton of different miracles. And I think it's awesome that he picks this one because it's, it's literally God calling from the heavens down, down to Jesus. And, and, and he could have picked some different moments from Jesus' ministry because he was there for a lot of them. But he, he picked this one where God says, this is my beloved son, which whom I am pleased and it's hard to deny that that's a he is who he says he is when when even God is calling out to him and saying this is Jesus this is my son <clears throat> now the point of this passage is Peter's preparing to to kind of switch gears here in his letter um we're getting towards the end of chapter 1 and in chapter 2 we see him kind of uh, kind of rotate, switch gears a little bit, and he's going to start talking about false prophets and false teachers in the church. And so he's really building some credibility here and saying, I'm not one of these false teachers. I live this. I know these things. I was with Jesus. And, and, and Peter's not a false prophet. And so he's just trying to build credibility with this audience Verses 19 through 21, this is where we'll finish today. <clears throat> it says, and so we have the prophetic word confirmed, which you do well to heed as a light that shines in the dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts, knowing this first, that no prophecy of scripture is of any private interpretation, for prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. I underlined that whole thing in my Bible. I just, there's a lot to unpack in, in just those, those three verses. And it says a lot about, 
about what the word of God in the Bible is for us. And Peter's trying to emphasize just how important this word of God is, this Bible is to us. And he says the Bible is the true word of God. And he says that he knows it's the true word of God because he's seen the prophetic word confirmed. He's seen these things of these prophets, these Old Testament prophets. He's seen those things talked about happen in real life. So he knows it's the true word. These things happened. He tells us we need to use the Bible to light up this dark world. I don't think there's any truer statement than that one right there. We would do well to heed as a light that shines in the dark place. Our Bible is the best tool we have to to combat haters, to combat people who want to just come after us. The Christian faith is being attacked on a regular basis. Our Christian values are being attacked on a regular basis by people. Man, we live in the United States of America, and I thank God every day that we get to live here because there's Christians in other parts of the world that they're getting their heads chopped off for even saying the word Jesus out loud. But the best tool we have to to win souls for Jesus and and to, to know about our faith in Jesus is this word of God. And it's going to be a light that we use to to light this world up, to light this dark, fallen, sinful world up. The next point he makes is the Bible is for everyone. You don't have to be a Bible scholar to figure this out. You don't need some fancy translator to figure this out. You don't need some fancy education uh, to figure out what's being said here. It's not of any private interpretation. It's the Bible released for everybody. It's been translated for everybody. I think that's important to to take note and just to know that that this, this free gift that God's given us, this Bible, Jesus, it's open to everybody. It's an open invite to anybody. It's not for the elite upper class. It's not for the poor. It's not for the middle class. It's for anybody. It's not for one set of people. It's not for Israel. It's for, it's for anybody who wants it, and anybody can get their hands on it. And the Bible was written by God using man filled with the Holy Spirit of God. And that's a big one. We see here, you know, that's the first thing people want to say, well, the Bible was written by man. You know, how can you trust that that what that book says is real? It was written by a man. How do you know? Well, we know because it says so. It says so. God tells us that the Bible was written by God. Now, men, men penned it, but the Holy Spirit was filled with them, and it was God that said it. So 
it's a strong tool that we, we that we've got and we need to be in it we need to be just always just up on it knowing our stuff um pretty funny god's timing in this that um i just i uh found out this week that i got accepted into calvary chapel university uh, yeah pretty awesome it's just something that uh you know i got asked the other day i was like well why are you uh why are you taking classes like you, you need to do that to like you know further your ministry or something it was like well, or he's like, you need a degree? I was like, well, no, I don't, I don't need a degree. I'm actually not even getting like a college degree through the program, I'm getting like a certificate. Like, oh, well, is it like, is it work making you do it? I was like, no. And just to somebody who doesn't understand that we're, we're called to, to just be up on our Bible knowledge. We're called to be just growing spiritually. Um, it's hard for somebody who, uh, doesn't know that stuff to understand. Well, why would you be going to school for no reason? It's like, well, it's not for no reason. I want it. I thrive to learn more. I thrive to to up my Bible knowledge to to be more in tune with God and this tool that He's given us called the Bible. And I want to know everything I can about it. Just make sure you're studying that Bible. <clears throat> Make sure if you have questions about the Bible, get into a Bible study with, with people. Fellowship as a church. That's why we have home groups. That's why we do, we're, we're not doing home groups right now, but kick them back up again in the fall. And that's why we have each other. So we can sit here and ask questions. Come to Terry with questions. Come to me with questions and I'll pass you to Terry. <laughs> um, but that's why we... That's why we have each other. If, if there's something in the Bible you can't figure out, that's why I tell my kids. It's like, you know, make sure you're not just reading it. Make sure you understand it. It doesn't do any good to read something and not understand or comprehend what you're reading. You've got to understand it. And, and God's given us tools and resources and great pastors and leaders uh, and the internet to really look up what it is Jesus is talking about. The Bible... It's easy to understand, but it's easy to also get lost in the translations. And, you know, it's a, some of it's thousands of years old. It's been translated a few times into different languages. And, and so it's easy to, it's easy to forget that. And it's, it's easy to get caught up on some of these words or phrases. <clears throat> I'm going to ask the worship team to come up now. But I just really want to emphasize in closing today that this was a letter written for a church over 2,000 years ago. But how relevant is it to our church today, to, to the church in, in our world, to the church in America and just that, it's that same message. And that message is that we need to stay relevant and ready in the word of God. We need to be constantly growing in the Holy Spirit. Now is not the time to sit back and wait for God to do something. He might do that. But the Bible says we got to put in some effort. The church needs strong people.
The church needs our church. It, it can't just be myself and Terry out there. You know, Albany's a lot bigger than myself and Terry and, and these other pastors at these other churches. It needs to be you guys. We're all called to go out and make disciples and bear fruit. And so we need to stay ready and relevant in the word of God. <clears throat> Hebrews 5, chapters 12 through 14, I, I love this passage. It says, for though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God. And you come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the words of righteousness, for he is a babe. But solid food belongs to those who are full, who are of full age. That is, for those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. It's time to be trained up in the word. It's time to keep growing spiritually. Now's not the time to. Now's not the time to be a spiritual baby that needs to be fed a bunch of milk. That's gross. Um, it's time to be spiritual warriors. I'm gonna call the prayer team up now. <clears throat> if you're here today and you're struggling with your spiritual growth, Maybe you're feeling just unmotivated. Maybe you feel like you're not doing a great job with the word. Maybe you're feeling a calling from God and, you, and you're not sure how to handle that. 